Jake Johansson, you suggested for us to watch Escape from New York, a movie about people moving to New Jersey to save money on rent. I'm sorry, a movie about a dystopian future where the island of Manhattan is being turned into a giant prison. What is your major compliment for this movie? Okay, well, first of all, I love John Carpenter and also Kurt Russell is fantastic. Oh, yeah. But I saw, right he is. I saw this movie when it first came out. And it, which was in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And at that time, believe it or not, it was sort of a coin toss whether or not New York was going to become what it has become, which is a uh, amusement park for rich investment bankers or sure. this. a prison. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I feel like they were, we were at a point in New York's kind of history where it was just like, well, you know what, why don't we just why don't we just scrap this, build a fence around it, put all the convicts in it? And that's the premise of the movie. And at the time, it was sort of, you, you could kind of buy that as a thing that might happen at some point in the future. And now, of course, it seems ridiculous. But that, but yeah. that's my favorite thing about the movie. I love imagining a time in New York where you just had never thought about Guy Fieri. And you, this was more <laughs> likely than Guy Fieri. Well, when I went to New York in the early 80s, and there were parts of the city that you just don't go to, and it it wasn't quite what they are in this movie, but there were parts of the city where it was just like, don't go in there, and yeah. it's because yeah. there's going to be some weird sex violence drug combo thing that yep. you don't understand. That actually makes a lot of sense, because I felt, uh, having uh, been born several years after this movie came out, I felt <laughs> like, uh, that, that's not a brag, that's just a... Uh, it's no, just a fact. I mean, um, it's true of all of us, and so I feel I try not to mention it then, like when he was saying that. But I have heard good things about the early '80s. So yeah, oh yeah, too. I hear it was a nice time. We <laughs> don't have to get into uh, an age uh, thing. I love you guys as if we were all the same age. Yeah, yeah. yeah we're internet. all the same age. Well, what I was gonna say is that this movie was uh, like aggressive about its premise. It's like because oh, yeah. m- my first thing was like, wait, so why are they doing this? And it was basically the answer is like. Fuck you. That's why. <laughs> but, but, but that context is actually uh, that that actually makes more sense. That you know this was made in a I different. Still, time. I'm yeah, still not sure that ever abandoning a city to. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice. I still... Well, there was. Go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. It was also a time where we were struggling with figuring out like what what you know prison violence, and it was just there were there was no odds that you were not going to be raped and have all your teeth broken out if you went into prison. That was just going to happen. And so how are we going to deal with this prison violence problem? How are we going to deal with, you know, these terrible people trying to reenter society? And the answer is, we're not. Yeah, we're just, just going to give them Manhattan. Welcome uh, to New York. Yeah. It's been waiting for you. Yeah. I get it. <laughs> I mean, it, it. the movie, I hadn't seen it for a long time so, so yeah. watching it again it was a little bit of a bubble burst in terms of eh, maybe this isn't quite as fantastic as i had remembered it being i mean it's got plenty of fantastic and we're going to talk about more of that but i'm going to do my compliment which is one thing that is definitely fantastic which is that you never s- expect a good guy with an eye patch that is uh, a real cool twist he looks so mm. good kurt russell looks so good in an eye patch i see why he did it again in captain ron you know, like he just he looks better almost with one eye. It's, it's like that one eye is holding him back. Yeah. Well, if I can just uh, t- put on the mantle of Grandpa tells a story again. Yeah. Sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what was it like in '81, Grandpa? Well, Tell me about whaling, Grandpa. Kurt Russell. This this was the movie where Kurt Russell turned from this Disney teenage kind of vanilla hero guy to badass. Action, oh. Man, oh yeah, you know, 
It was like I've always I, thought I was, of him as badass action man, and especially in yeah. this, it's impressive because he's doing all of that badass action without great depth perception. Or and that's just <laughs> yeah, so that's cool. my thing. Like, yeah, I, I was really impressed. He was with like, that. I'm going to do this on the with a difficulty setting of hard. Right. <laughs> yeah, he does, and 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 also he sort of you can't tell if he. He cares if he's going to die or not because he wants them to. Well, I don't know. We're not ready to start talking no, you, about it. But good. but he doesn't really give a fuck. That's the great yeah. thing about him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what's your major compliment for it? Oh shit! I mean, I was going to say that uh, Kurt Russell looks so good in an eye patch, but uh, yeah. the other thing is he does so much with a name that starts with piss. His name is Snake Piskin. And like everyone's just like, he's no, the most badass. Pliskin. 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 Oh, really? Oh, shit. Yeah. Okay. I Did you watch everybody... the whole movie? Because at the end, after after him telling them to call him Snake, the whole friggin' movie, finally the guy is calling him Snake and he goes, the name's Pliskin. Right. Oh, yeah. I kept hearing Piskin the whole time. Damn <laughs> call it. me Piskin. We all hear what we want to hear. Yeah. Yeah. That might oh, be a Rorschach man. test. <laughs> Steven, how about you? What's your major compliment? What did you miss here? <laughs> uh, uh, mine is uh, actually a very specific moment um, uh, and not to get into the summary but there's a moment where a terrorist crashes Air Force One into a building sure. uh, but, very uh, early on <laughs> yeah so that's not a spoiler alert but the, the terrorist as she is flying the plane uh, is giving a speech saying like why she's doing it and it's like but she's reading it which I really appreciate because Someone who so often in movies it's time. like yeah like she wrote it ahead of time It like, and it's like she didn't memorize it. She had more important things to focus on. That's like true. she probably just got it from her speechwriter right before. So I thought that was very realistic. Yeah, I like that, and that's why. Like you, like when you're under pressure, it's great to have the notes. You know, even if you don't need totally. them, better to have them and not use them. Well, it's real. It's realistic that nobody's going to be in that cockpit with her. So like, yeah, she would spend her time focusing on how to fly the plane. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. What happens is if you don't bring the notes, then you end up with like one small step for man. Like this right. is your moment. Say the script you, right. Exactly, and you messed yeah. it up. Yeah. Or, I mean, we're just supposed to suspend our disbelief and think that this person who is a great fighter and pilot who can get into Air Force One also is great at, you know, oratory <laughs> right. yeah. There's only so many Bill Pullmans in ID4 to go around. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, like, I can take one per generation of cinema. Yeah. <laughs> and Bill Pullman is that for, And like, then the also all years. sports coaches. Yeah. Right. Well, oh, yeah. They're, that's they're not fighter pilots. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, you exactly. mean all sports coaches in in movies, but I I think that I think that it, when it's important, it's important to get it right, and yeah. I feel like that's what yeah. this terrorist. That's the subtext of having yeah. her speech written down. <laughs> Absolutely, so it, it helps to undercut. You know, like maybe she's a puppet of a larger, broader communist. You know, it's true. Kind of yeah, plot. maybe they had speechwriters. She, you know, kind of believes in the cause, but this might not be as genuinely from her. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a good reading of that, Chris. Also, it does seem like the plan was like you were so good at, at executing your terrorist plan that you took over Air Force One, and then just locked the door or whatever, which worked really well. Um, yeah. Uh, but then you forgot that he had an escape pod, and so literally everybody dies but the person you were trying to kill. Yeah, that's true. Well, well we don't really get a clear idea of what the terrorists intention is because i it's obvious that they weren't planning on crashing into the prison they were going to do something else but the president uh, escaped that's the oh, way it I seemed they were to me kill the president yeah by by crashing <clears throat> the plane or, oh. or i thought yeah i thought the point was just like we're gonna crash air force one and then they're like oh he got away and then oh too late crashing well that is that's the takeaway from this viewing of the movie for me is there's a lot of things that happen that you're just like wait why did they do oh moving on yeah all right <laughs> yep <laughs> 
Good morning, Meat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about books and movies and TV. I'm your host, Alex Falcone, on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone, here in Portland, Oregon. And joining us, as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. Hey, number one, you're the Duke. You're the Duke. You're A number one. Don't hurt me. Isn't that not what a Duke is? Isn't Duke like A number 12 or something? Isn't, yeah, in the Royal Order of Secession, I think it goes like King, Chancellor, Vice Chancellor, Assistant to the Regional Manager. Yeah, right. down I think Duke is way down there. <laughs> yeah. Hang on, yes. though. But that's but you're talking about in the big picture of the world. But when you're zoomed into just the thing that you're the Duke of, you're the yeah. top. That's you're, true. We could be talking uh, about specifically the Duchy of Manhattan Island. Well, he's uh, the Duke of New York. There's nobody above him yeah. in that. He reports yeah, the only to living some, Duke in New York. Uh, yeah. Okay. But he would report to like the right the regional manager of yeah. right of the region. Yeah, yeah. So the tri-state area's manager, and then something with the, the yeah. east coast, and then there's a king. And I think it's yeah. colonel. Is it colonel major? I, I get confused. <laughs> and then attorneys general. I don't, yeah, hmm. yeah. And I, I think all of the Congress people are ahead of you. I just think I think he's he's a number one in this very limited scope, and they just got yeah, well. Like, I mean. Uh, Isaac Hayes in this fucking movie is so great. He's, He's so got great. The caddy with the chandelier headlights. Oh, oh my god! Oh, yeah. yeah. In in the bombed out version of New York, he's got I need two chandeliers on the front of my car. Yeah, in they a, need to match. In the, <laughs> Isaac, don't you think that's a little bit on the nose as far as racial stereotypes of the seventies go? No, I'm good with that. I'm the Duke. Look, I'm I think I wrote 12. Shaft. All right. So, <laughs> also joining us this week, we uh, filling in for Ez and Tanya on our third mic today. He's at Stephen T. Carter on or no Carter Street Forty Two. Sorry, he's at Carter Street Forty Two on Twitter. In Seattle, Washington, it's Mr. Stephen Carter. When I get back, I'm going to kill you. Oh. <laughs> That's the best line of the movie. That's pretty badass. And then, yeah. you're going to kill me, Snake? Nah, too tired. <laughs> no, the I'm name's Piskin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like, I like that that's the climax. I was really expecting him to, to kill him, even though it seemed like they had repaired the relationship, but his excuse was being too tired. There is some, there are some, like, we've, we've had some small issues, it seems like, with the movie, and I was 100% on board until the end was, I'm too tired to kill you. This is my last name, the end. I, I honestly, <laughs> no, not was... the end. Not <laughs> right. the end. There's a. The, uh, you thought that I gave you the thing that I went to get. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, right. There's the, the tape, the, the cassette tapes of the future ending. I forgot about that one. Right. Yeah. Uh, um, you guys, you've heard his voice a lot now, so let me introduce him. He's our very special guest this week. Great comedian. You've seen him on The Late Show more times than you can count. Uh, at Jake This on Twitter in Los Angeles. It's Mr. Jake Johansson. I'm ready to kick your ass out of the world, war hero. <laughs> that's such a that is a good threat. Kick your ass out of the world. Yeah, yeah, that is really good. Like that's like like the ultimate bouncer. Yeah, for me it was a tie between that and I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. <laughs> There's a lot of not giving a fuck that goes around on this island. Yeah, yeah. And Snake is a pretty tough guy for a guy who's just to be. Yeah, I mean, he's. I guess he he sums it up too with his other line about. Uh, um, I guess I go in one way or another. <laughs> he's, he's going to the penitentiary of Manhattan. What I, that's before. That's before he knows about the uh, explosive aorta thing. There you go. The alleged explosive aorta. I still wonder if that was true. Also, no, that's totally real. They have that now, Alex. What? Um, <laughs> oh, I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, I was ready to go. I was like, Grandpa tells me a story about war machines. 
Yeah. I was ready. Well, actually, let's find out what happened. Uh, so this is episode number 329 of the podcast. We have now done as many episodes as the number of underperforming schools in England in 2015. That's a lot of schools, Alex. Wow. Yeah. Those How are many sc- schools are there in England? That's a great question. It's a... Uh, that is... Uh, beyond like, the scope of this statistic. Beyond what I wrote down in my notes. <laughs> okay. Um, but these are schools that have failed to achieve at least 40% of their pupils getting a C or above on the GS- GCSE test. So... Um, it's pretty shameful, depending on how hard that test is, which is probably harder than anything you have to take in America, just to guess. Still, Would, step it up, UK. Yeah. Well, just yeah. to be a contrarian, though, I do feel like some kids have to be below a C. I mean, it, right. it's, That's not how average unless, it's not average unless some kids are below average, you know. So <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> we do have to leave some children behind. Statistically, you leave the bottom of the bell curve behind. That's how yeah. it works. And they go on to get great jobs. That I mean, I, look, I w- if I had gone to plumbing college instead of dropping out of college to do this podcast, um, <laughs> yeah, I would, you minored I, I in might, hopefully who, there'll be a podcast later that yeah, I can do. That's why I'm dropping out. One yeah. day I want to be on a podcast. No, you're right. They're, they're jobs that are like you. They have unions. Often they're pensioners. You know, yeah. they're, they're taken care of. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, very satisfying going to someone's house and reaching up their gunky sink. It's really... Uh, you get to use your hands, you know? That's the dream. <laughs> well, Whoa. you're a hero also. I mean, that guy who shows up is a hero. Yeah, yeah. and also the start of a lot of sexy movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the porn premise, yeah. 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 I don't know. Is it ever a plumber? Is that too on the yeah. nose? It used to be a plumber Stay a lot. at home dad <laughs> waits for the plumber. Uh, so speaking of things that could be improved upon, uh, but they're pretty good. This week we're talking about John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Uh, so Jake, you picked this, uh, and we. So I was talking to you about something. You know, this is versus the world month, so we're doing stuff that is um, underperforming in the in the world of popular opinion. Uh, but this actually has like eighty five percent positive reviews on Rotten Tomatoes, and so and I feel like I've done the wrong thing by letting you pick a movie that you used to like and then ruining it for you by having you watch it again. Like we're doing it backwards. Well, I don't think it did get completely ruined, but like I like I said earlier, if that makes it into this, uh, yeah, it will. The, uh, you know, this movie is cool as it stands alone, but also cool as an '80s picture of New York and popular entertainment. There's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of this kind of new wave punk rock uh, zeitgeist stuff going on. The guy who plays the Duke of New York's um, lieutenant, crazy friend. Yeah, Crazy Snake Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, with the hair. His name is Frank Doubleday. I looked him up on the internet just because I thought he was so good. And that guy it just kind of reminds me of what, during that time, we would kind of be going for if we were going to dress up and go out and be, you know, to some freaky nightclub Halloween party. <laughs> yeah. I, I It is such a, an interesting time capsule. And I, I think totally fun. I'm not surprised at all that it had really positive ratings because it is just... A really interesting piece. And just, even though there are some weird plot things, it is just a consistent, crazy mood. And it's just like, it, it just feels like it's decided what it's doing and it's unapologetically doing that the whole time. Yeah, agreed. Um, well, if, and, and John Carpenter, I feel like, is underappreciated as a, as a director or to a person who's, when you look at a lot of the movies that he's done, he's done some, a lot of these sort of, culty of the moment things that still hold up i mean halloween is his biggest classic but i right. know you guys did big trouble in little china oh, oh yeah. yeah so which so is fun. 
which is at that time when it came out that was underappreciated because people didn't get that it was a comedy it's supposed to be funny yeah yeah uh, i also think that he's underappreciated for the the idea of putting your name on the top of every title i think that's yeah. a cool move and yeah. not everybody does that it's like him and spike lee yeah it's like yeah i wanted it to be like a john carpenter joint but <laughs> I, I like i like you're putting your name on it man that's confidence well, it's but all of his stuff are definitely worthy of his stamp. I mean, the thing, John Carpenter's the thing. I'll come back and we can talk about that anytime. That movie is, I know it still holds up and it's good. And then also there's uh, They Live, which is more of a campy goof, but it's pretty. That's a pretty good one too. Yeah. Well, so if uh, let's let's get the plot of this now. I think it's about oh, time yeah. we okay. hear the whole thing. Um, it, but it, sure. I just wanted to. Uh, say that if you at home want us to pick something that you think is underappreciated, uh, a camp classic or of the moment, go to readdeshweep.com now, sign up on the mailing list. We'll have the opportunity to sponsor some episodes coming up here real quick. But Chris, yes, sir. now it's on you. You're our resident summarizer for your freakish recall and dulcet tones. Please summarize this in the style of an anti-hero. <laughs> and if you don't finish in two minutes, your neck will blow up. Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, we want to do a timed one? I Let's want a timed one. I want two okay. minutes until uh, your neck blows up. Okay, go. Here we go. In 1988, God, time gets away from me. The crime rate rises 400%. Manhattan becomes the country's only supermax prison with 50-foot walls, but no guards inside. Once you go in, you don't come out. Nine years later, it's 1997. Let's not dwell on what's happened to the country. Let's look at Kurt Russell. He is Snake Pliskin, and Snake Pliskin was captured. He's a former special ops badass who was just arrested for maybe trying to steal some gold or something. It doesn't matter. <coughs> that voice is really hard on my throat. Actually, Chris, we go. can I stop you for a second? I, I need to go take a pliss. I'll be right back. Ayo. <laughs> So Kurt Russell's going to get thrown into this prison, but they try to make him a deal. See, the president has been uh, kidnapped, and now he's in the Supermax prison. They're going to hire Snake to go in and get him out of there, along with this super secret briefcase full of secrets. (laughs) And so the thing is, it's really dark in New York, and he's got this tracker, and he's trying to find people, but it's a punk rock post-apocalyptic wasteland, and it's just Snake, his eye patch, a gun, a tracker, another gun, some other guys. There's There's a smart guy named The Brain who helps him out. There's a cabbie named Cabbie. There's a woman <laughs> named Maggie. Cab- named yeah. woman? Basically. And uh, they wind up fighting the She was the a Duke. gift to the, to the brain. <laughs> uh, uh, so Isaac Hayes is the Duke. He's the big bad. He's the, he's the chief around there in New York. And uh, so they got to fight him and uh, fight a big Russian guy or something. Uh, there's a lot of fighting and badassery, but eventually Snake makes it out alive and saves the president but not without a big fuck you to the government. And that's like basically the movie. Oh, sorry. I forgot to take him nice out. Check. I forgot to take him out, Chris. Oh, shit. <laughs> nah, I was too tired. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's talk about uh, some, th- especially hearing that out loud now. I feel like one of the things I liked during the movie was that there were certain things that they just didn't feel the need to go into. It's just like, yes, this is a prison. Don't think about it. Yes. Could you not find an island somewhere 
where you don't have to ruin yeah. New York. Well, yeah, like, let's start yeah. there. Uh, you, made, you just built the World Trade Center. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, like a couple weeks ago. Like, yeah, maybe yeah. enjoy it first. Do you know how many yeah. billions of dollars it is to relocate everybody in New York? Not well, to mention all the businesses and infrastructure and everything. Also, there aren't even, like, there aren't even, it doesn't seem like there are that many prisoners there. Like, couldn't you have given them Vermont or something small? I just yeah. want to go back to what I was saying at the beginning. In that time of Manhattan, yes, y- you could have probably just said to people, like, look, we're going to make this into a prison. And they would have said, oh, okay. Right. <laughs> I get it. I get what's yeah. happening. No, I was I, – that, that's good because I was really struggling to find – like, I, my thought was, like, this is – that The Dark Knight Rises was an attempt to, like, explain why that happened, that there was, like, a Bane situation that right. caused this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where they blew up the bridges and tunnels. It. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I I still feel like even though like no matter how bad New York was, like there was also some good stuff. You know, it's sure. nice. There was. Well, that's why we ultimately didn't make it into a prison. <laughs> we thought about it, right. but I'm just know. saying it was on a knife's edge was, for a while yeah. there. But then, but then the Olive went, Garden went into Times Square, and everything was easier. Everybody, yeah, there's breadsticks <laughs> and people. Yeah. We're like, people. all right, we'll stay. Let's put the prisoners in prison. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it does seem like so they're, they're, that's a thing they don't talk too much about why though so that's good to know but there's other things they don't explain like uh, like for example everyone thinks Pliskin died everyone heard there's this persistent rumor <laughs> of his death it over and over well the whole point of this story is this is existing inside of a larger world where those other things have happened yeah and, sure and they don't get explained so yeah so there's this mythology that a lot of people thought he was dead and they allude to it and at the time when the movie came out I remember that being in a lot of reviews about isn't that they never mentioned that everybody thought he was dead but isn't that clever you know so well i did like it i was like it's cool that they're not going into the why there's this persistent rumor of his death yeah. uh they're just letting or it go what but happened at the end anything about the anything about the crime he was arrested for yeah if, yeah no, why did he break into the federal the treasury reserve yeah, yeah. well and he also yeah. has that he, he has some kind of history with the brain whether it was about the crime that now he's coming oh, yeah. in for or something right? else or the brain betrayed him i was in utah there was some something in utah to do yeah Yeah. so i like a lot of the implied backstory but at some point by the end i was like it would have been nice if you explained i don't know one of the things if we just had an answer to like one out of the ten things well maybe i can maybe maybe i can help you make up some answers okay let's do it let's make up some answers so what uh what happened with him in the brain in utah uh, well, things went bad. They had a super caper that involved a master plan that the brain was in charge of. Uh-huh. And, sure, obviously, uh, he's the brain. At the last minute, the brain kind of blows in the wind. He's not a he's not a physically <laughs> or morally strong person. He's smart, uh-huh. and so he got a better deal and he took it. And things went bad for him, and that's how he wound up in the penitentiary. And that's why you can't really blame him, although. Uh-huh. He was given the only hot lady. Well, possibly that other lady was hot, the one who got eaten by the cannibalistic human underground dwellers. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yes, Chuds. uh, You're familiar. Yeah. yeah. I have a a quick question about um, that. You you described it as a super caper. Um, (laughs) Could you go into the taxonomy of capers? (laughs) Well, your small capers are usually Uh run by children. Like, I'll distract the guy behind the counter and you get the candy bar. And then it moves up from there. Okay. Give us like a medium-sized caper. <sighs> a medium-sized caper would be something where you're robbing a, a convenience store or something like that. Okay. Uh-huh. And what is, there, is there like that? What's the top caper level? level? Well, I feel like if you've ever seen the movie Sexy Beast, that's that's at the top of the caper level where they're, where they're bringing in uh, 
international thieves and experts from, uh, uh, well, they're all from England, I think, but they come to London to rob this bank where they have to tunnel in from next door and go underwater because there's a blown spa leak. I don't want to start on a whole nother movie. So, now, it's, yeah. so that's basically, it's like a, an all-star caper. Yeah, well, that's an all, <clears throat> that's an all-star caper, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. so Super Caper, is that like an all-star caper, but with more shooting? Or well, like Super what? Caper is, so the one that I just described there, they're robbing a big bank on payroll day in London, and then a Super Caper is, that we're going to go into Fort Knox, and right. we're going to steal all okay. of the bullion, we're going to melt it down through a little hole, and then pipe it out to a <laughs> ship or you know something like that do you really do you idea. worry that there's some inflation in capers like is there gonna have to be now a mega super caper or a like super duper caper but like a better name because it's a caper well now that we have this uh, mega lotto thing that can get up to one and a half yeah. billion dollars yeah. a lot of people have lost interest in super capers and that's why you don't see them being <laughs> pulled anymore yeah, and um, and also just to calibrate <clears throat> my thinking of this uh, is when if you were to have to escape from an island-sized prison with the president, what kind of caper is that? Oh, that's a, I mean the president's involved. That already feels. I'm just I'm not going to influence your your answer, Jake. I'm just guessing. Pretty big caper. Well, except it sort of stretches the definition of caper because I feel like caper invo- is involved when you're doing something illegal. This is more. Oh, this I is see, more like I a mission. Him. This is Got this it. is like a uh, almost this a special ops kind in, of a thing. Get the guy, get out, sort of thing. Which, so okay, so if to explain it. if if he had been trying to like if the terrorists taking the 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 president and putting him in a plane and crashing it into the New York, that was a caper because it was illegal. Yeah, that that's a caper. But do you see what I mean? This is the beauty of the coincidence that Snake Plissken is being arrested and put into this supermax Manhattan at the same time when the president needs to yeah. rescuing. Because Snake Plissken is both a super caper criminal right. and a special ops mission secret guy. mission guy. And you think so maybe this, it's a little too convenient. This, well, I'm saying it uses both of his skills. I mean, he is the perfect man for the job at the perfect time. I mean, if there was another guy exactly like him with two eyes, you pick <laughs> that guy. Yeah, uh, they, uh, snake eyes. That's what they call him. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's in bounds. That is in bounds. So, yeah, I was. That was a great answer, Jake. But I do understand from having gone through the whole caper taxonomy. I kind of see why John Carpenter skipped this part in the movie. Just yeah. said he was in Utah. Let's move on. Well, yeah. yeah, that would be like you'd have to have a narrator explain all the different kinds of ca- capers. Yeah, maybe, like, just... maybe like a, um, an explainer segment with a weird celebrity cameo, kind of in a hot tub explaining how this happened, and what or like a, the film reel stop stops, like, and then you have like Hulk Hogan, yeah, right? Like all the gremlins too. Yeah, exactly. and also to step out of to step outside of the movie into the world that the movie exists in, and remind you that John Carpenter was operating in a world where movies were pretty much 90 minutes. You know, maybe you could go... Yeah, what a cool 90, world. Maybe 100 minutes, but it was before, you know, movies could be two hours. You know, Judd Apatow can make a two-hour movie about yeah. a marriage, you know? Right. Yeah. So there wasn't a yeah, lot of time or... for explaining. It's just Adrian Barbeau's girlfriend. Go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of like that. I also Adrian mean... Barbeau, also John Carpenter's wife. So she appears in yep. a lot of his movies. Uh... Mm. Uh, I, I'm enjoying you explaining things to me. So I would like you now to help us understand uh, how the Duke became the Duke of New York. What does it take to become the Duke of a giant prison city? Well, we also saw in this movie the precursors of what we now call the UFC. 
And so, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't I, remember, like, I don't think the UFC allows the use of spiked baseball bats <laughs> for well, good reason. I, at the beginning of the UFC, there were no weight classes, and it was a much more freewheeling operation. And this, you know, this uh, escape from New York. Obviously, you're not going to get many people signing up to be in a UFC where there's baseball bats with spikes yeah. in them. Yeah. So that's why you but, sort of have to conscript them into it. Yeah, so you have to kidnap people compromise for throw them into the ring. Yeah, so that's yeah. why I'm saying this is a proto proto UFC. Right. Uh, they were like, how, "All right, look, we guys, we haven't gotten any signups in two weeks for our league of baseball bats with spikes fighting uh, for our entertainment. What do we need to do to get membership up? Let's go ideas. I need them now, Alex. Yeah. I'm just going to say, why don't we just let's keep the bats? I think the bats are a great <laughs> idea, but let's Everyone take the loves spikes the out. Everybody loves the bats, but let's take the spikes yeah, out. I think yeah. the matches are going to last a little bit longer." And uh, we're going to get more volunteers. Some more drinks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, trash can shields. Trash can shields. That'll help. Yeah. That's oh, a, yeah. Let's do that definitely one. Definitely that. <laughs> yeah. And how about the marketing? We've been calling it Near Certain Death League. What if we call it like uh, Championship Fighting or something like that? You know, mm-hmm. just get a few more people. How about yeah. we, don't, we don't necessarily add weight classes, but we just do it not with people who we've already planned to murder. Let's just let other people join. Mm, I don't know about that. I mean, I know I that we're just know. brainstorming and this is everything's a good idea. No bad but... ideas in brainstorming. Yeah. Okay. But there are definitely bat ideas here. All right, Chris, you can go. Uh, That's why this league is not doing well. It turned out it was you, Chris. You're holding. I'm out. But let me just starting. I'm starting a rival league now. (laughs) (laughs) Called the X X uh, baseball bats with spikes. I'm 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 gonna. I'm just gonna call it boxing. We'll see how that takes off. Uh, Well, or you could call it the uh, World Wrestling Federation, in which we still have the bats with the nails in them, but everything is kind of. But they're, script, they're, uh, so nobody actually gets hit. They're in the brain foam with it. spikes. You can't nobody tell from the, the back, but they're definitely not real spikes. It's too bad. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, so, but let me get back to the answer to your question. So, do do the way that you become uh, the Duke of New York. It's a combination of that UFC type of battling, physical battling. There's physical challenges. There's mental challenges. It's a combination between the UFC and uh, pimping. That's oh, how yeah. you become. Oh, that's how neither of which are easy. Work. I think, if I've heard correctly, no, it's, it's hard out there for a pimp. It's easier now than it ever was, but uh, yeah, it's hard out there for because a pimp. of like TurboTax and stuff for accounting. Oh, absolutely. I was, uh, well, so <laughs> I feel like it's easier to get pimp knowledge now than it ever was. Oh, right, because yeah, of the uh, Pimpopedia. Yeah, you're also dealing with a really interesting closed system of people. You know, when you're when you're in Manhattan, like it's uh, not too many yeah. people come in, and I imagine the gender balance is pretty pretty heavily male. <laughs> yeah. Supermax you think? Prison. Yeah, yeah. All, I mean, not just in Supermax Prison, but specifically in this movie, we saw two, and one was a gift. Yeah, one was a gift, and the other one got devoured. Yeah, right. Well, oh, right. No, I assume she got devoured. That was ladies. another. That's the another one of my favorite quotes from the movie. Where the snake has realized that somebody else has got the president's bracelet thing, and he goes, "The president's dead. Somebody had him for dinner." Oh yeah, yeah. I know. They don't know what's actually like. That's just really misleading. I like. <laughs> I, I thought that was like uh, that. That was just a really shitty decision on his part to exaggerate like that. You think I would have believed him? You think he was like being like a reckless journalist? Oh, totally. Yeah, exactly. By tr- by exaggerating like that, like it really could have thrown off the whole plan. So. Jake, really quick, one more question. This is from uh, our our meat buddy Mark Franklin, who posted this question on our Facebook page. How did Englishman Donald Pleasance end up as president of the United States? It's a good question. Well, as uh, time passed, we realized that uh, we were all well. We came from English people originally. 
And uh, just and because ashes to ashes, an, dust to dust, we will become English people again. Well, just because you've got an accident, an accent, or an accidental accent, <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't mean that you're not uh, from the United States. You know, he could have been born here and then grew up in Britain. Oh, or like just he like, just studied abroad and now he talks like that to be a dick. Uh, he signs oh. his emails with cheers. Oh, I hate him. Oh, yeah. Well, he was. He's he pretending was like, he likes tea. Oh, I can't handle uh, it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he was likable to me in that moment, in the moment where he grew a pair and then killed the Duke of New York. Yeah. That's that's when I loved Donald Pleasance the most. Yeah, when he machine gunned the shit out of him. I don't, did I blink? How did he get a machine gun? No, it was Snake's. Oh, it was Snake's gun he had taken. Oh, okay. Yeah, he took it from, because uh, the, the Duke had it, oh, and right. then in a struggle, the president snatched it, and yeah. No, 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 that, no, no. Got, that gun was left on the ground. Yeah, oh, the that president one, oh, got sure. that gun because the Duke had killed two of the guards on top of the wall. That's uh, what right. it was. Oh, oh that yeah, was yeah. a guard gun. Yeah. Right, because yeah. that was my biggest problem with this movie was that moment where Snake and the Duke are wrestling. Snake takes the gun, subdues the Duke, and then walks away leaving the gun. <laughs> yeah, which is both dangerous for yourself later and also very wasteful. And first I was like, oh, maybe he just didn't want to hold it as he has to use that rope to get over the wall. But no, the gun clearly has a shoulder sh- shoulder strap. Yeah, he'd had it That's on a shoulder strap before. That's true. Yeah. yeah it's, well, it's, uh, it seems it's like almost it's like you had an accidental accent when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, actually, I do want to ask you one more question. I said that was one more, but I have one more, one more, which is Ian uh, asks on our Facebook page, how eerie is it when a movie successfully predicts the future in every detail, just as this one has? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, not just the prison in New York, which you've covered, but also the sat phone the size of a cat, the audio cassettes forever. <laughs> the biggest phone in the world. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> this whole movie could have been a comedy for that one moment. Well, like, what about just building up to what about that phone. Where they're flying over New York, and he's got the down view of the computer-generated yeah, right. uh, you know, skeleton grid of the city. Like, why don't you just put a camera on the bottom of the helicopter? <laughs> nighttime. I mean, it's perpetual nighttime, right? Why is it yeah, perpetual well, night, Chris? Well, I mean, basically, right? Because he has 24 hours to do this whole deal, and he starts in at night, and then during the day, he's just unconscious or in Grand Central playing Bat Fight. And oh, so right. They gotta, it's, it's basically nighttime anytime there's an exterior shot. Oh, which is cheaper because like, you have to do well, it. It's, it's cheaper. It's moodier. Yeah. Know? It's uh, more punk rock. Yeah. How about, the, how about the musical where he... Goes oh in God. and he first sees meets Ernest Borgnine, Cabby. Yes, and, yeah, and they, they're singing that everyone's everyone's coming to New York song, and uh, that that's why Cabby. He's like, normally I don't come to this town, but I wanted to see that show. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was getting great reviews in the Prison Times. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, yeah, was that was in the in the eighties? Was that like a real show? Was that like the Hamilton of its time? <laughs> <laughs> there were shows in the eighties, but I don't remember that. Everyone's post-apocalyptic. Everyone's coming to New York show. But I wish someone would write it. I would fly uh, to Manhattan good. right now to go see. I'd um, watch it. You couldn't afford the tickets now, but back then you could. No, well, I'm I'm trying to email. I'm tweeting Pharrell right now to see. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Perfect Pitch from the Sesame Network, where a mini podcast that takes other people's ideas and tries to come up with ways to improve them without the hard work of actually doing anything. I'm your host, Stephen Carter. Uh, Chris, what are we working on today? 
Hi, Stephen. Uh, today's question comes from David. He says, I like the idea of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, but not the actual book. And now the movie is out, I like it even less. My theory is that it's one of those ideas that's funny to say, but not actually to do. Can you come up with any other ideas for books using the same formula, but whatever you do, don't actually write the books? David in Duluth. That's a great question, David. Yeah, coming up with ideas for books without actually having to write them is exactly what we're about here. Uh, so the way it works is uh, a book with an and in the middle plus a monster. Go. Okay. Um, Romeo and Juliet and Krampus. So their families hate each other, obviously, but despite the age-old blood feud between the Montagues and the Capulets and the Germanic Christmas demons, three young children fall in love and have kind of a sinky, uh, secret kinky triad that only will end in tragedy. Mm. Okay, okay, I got one. Uh, War and peace and lizard people. Uh, Get this, so Napoleon wants to take over Russia and members of the aristocracy want to marry well. But there's lizard people that want to kill you and then lie in a warm rock. Huh? I'm into it. Solid. Um, All right, uh, the sound and the fury and the sarlacc pit monster. Ooh. Um, It's a story told from multiple points of view, uh, one of which uh, happens to be a massive sand pit on Tatooine line with several rows of teeth. Um, But um, in this, the sarlacc suicide is very sad oh i bet mm. it is is it with uh tentacles from the the later no 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 okay. no, no. <laughs> the fact that you even asked that is offensive <laughs> <laughs> all right uh let's uh, how about uh crime and punishment and yetis a young man racked with guilt over a murder he committed obviously he endlessly contemplates confessing to the authorities as they close in on him but eventually he just turns himself in and is exiled to siberia siberia and then he thinks he sees a giant humanoid in the snow but then isn't really sure Mm, I love the ambiguity <laughs> yeah. in those Russian winters. That's very bleak. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. The Old Man in the Sea and Alien and Predator. Whoa, okay. double and. That's so great. it's an epic struggle where there's the Cuban fisherman who hasn't caught a fish in a really long time, like 85 days or something, and a giant marlin who's just minding his own business uh, when something he thinks is food turns out to be a hook, and two very highly advanced extraterrestrial killing machines come out, and when they sleep, they all dream alliance. I'm not sure. What, I'm not sure. I get the but why that is, but I believe it. Yeah. No. They're they're aliens. You know. Um. Yeah. No. They. You don't even need to know the context of the fighting. <laughs> they're just yeah. Bad. Um, yeah. All right. Um. <clears throat> the strange case of Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde and Mister Ed. Ooh, oh, I like it. Um. Yeah. When he drinks a potion, Doctor Jekyll becomes his alter ego. Uh, when his alter ego drinks a potion, he becomes a terrifying talking horse from the 1960s. <laughs> and it's very badly for all of them. I, the secret is peanut butter on the roof of his <laughs> mouth. Right. I'm glad I'm not the only one who finds Mr. Ed terrifying. I, uh, he's a monster. Well, yeah. yeah I mean, he's, he, he doesn't emote the same way we do. <laughs> <laughs> Zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance and ancient mega sharks. Mm-hmm. Oh, the author good. takes a road trip with his son and their friend, a 50 foot mega shark, straight out of the Cenozoic era. Uh, they discuss philosophy. And the mega shark has some really interesting ideas about epistemology. <laughs> oh, I bet he does. He can sense electricity with his spine. <laughs> <laughs> that would change that. Uh, um, yeah. uh, let's uh, have one more. Uh, Chris, you got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how about, uh, just to build on something we said earlier, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and No Zombies. Ooh. So this tale of love and values unfolds in class-conscious England in the late 18th century. The five Bennett sisters, including strong-willed Elizabeth and young Lydia, have been raised by their mother with one purpose in life, finding a husband. When a wealthy bachelor takes up residence in the nearby mansion, the Bennets are abuzz. Amongst the men's sophisticated circle of friends, surely there will be no shortage of suitors for the Bennett sisters. When Elizabeth meets up with the handsome and, it would seem, snobbish Mr. Darcy, the battle of the sexes is joint. Um... So, so just Pride and Prejudice? Yeah, I think you just read the summary of Pride and Prejudice. 
Yeah, but then we release it with a new cover. It's public domain. That is a perfect pitch. Thanks. <laughs> uh, well, uh, and that's it for PP. We'll talk to you again. Um, never, probably. Uh, submit your questions to perfectpitch at read-weep.com and make sure you go to read-weep.com slash Amazon. Anytime you need to buy something online, it looks just like real Amazon, but we get a tiny piece of every dollar you spend. Yeah, and it's free for you, and Amazon's too big to notice or care. <laughs> Keep it perfect. <laughs> Open Sesame. So now we're going to play the game of top five. We asked you a bunch top of questions five. already, Jake, but I've got some more game questions that everybody's going to play along with. Um, so uh, the first one is uh, from Carlos, who says the sequel to this was Escape from L.A., which turns out not nearly as good, apparently. But he said, what what city should Snake escape from next and who or what should he have to rescue from it? Is that to me? It's to everybody. So, you can be. Hey, you. just a side note. Everybody should do themselves a favor and watch the trailer to Escape from L.A., uh, because it's hilarious. Is it really? Every way. It's, yeah, it's really funny. Because it's like, it not intentionally funny. Like, there's just like oddly like snake to camera being like, oh boy. <laughs> you got a problem with that? It's just like. Well, <laughs> apparently the thing with, with uh, Escape from LA was that the reason it got made was because, uh, like, it's just wanting to be snake again. He just wanted to play that character yeah, this, again. Yeah. This is his, yeah. one of his favorite So he just kept pushing and pushing and pushing for a sequel so he could do it again, and then it sucked, apparently. Well, did but did he push for it? Or somebody said, look, the first one was popular. I want to do another one. No, because it, like, okay. it was like 12 years later, and... And it was it was it was him. He was the one pushing for it. Is what they, what the what they I read on Wikipedia. Well, was, I can't blame him for that. No, I'd love to play Snake Plissken. That would be a great get a day. I love yeah. that he kind of by today's standards he he sort of got in shape, but he wasn't cut or ri- like if if thirty year old Kurt Russell, I think he was about thirty when he made that, was going to be Snake Plick, Plissken now in. 2016, he would get a trainer and work out, and he would just oh, be rich. Be but oh, yeah. yeah. He'd, be, he'd get that eye fixed, whatever was wrong with that. <laughs> no, really I'm, talking good. To, I'm talking about this movie star world. I, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he does look sort of like a, a normal-ish guy. Like, yeah. He looks like a normal guy. And good. He looks like the most fit dad at your kid's school. <laughs> yeah. Well, he did that one thing where he, he, he punched out the window when he was avoiding the, the chuds, and then he reached up and grabbed a thing and pulled himself up. And anytime you pull yourself up from hanging, I'm impressed. No, that that's is the shape. I love that you don't even get to see the tattoo until like two-thirds of the way into the movie. Yeah. The snake that that's coming out of his pants. Oh, the oh cobra coming out it's, of his pants? It's, no, it's it's on his tummy. It's like the <laughs> 80s. Like, you know, instead of he could have had it like on his chest or on his arm or like on somewhere that was like super muscular, but he chose his tummy. Like it his, dude, it's coming out of his pants. <laughs> wait, it's a wait. snake in his pants. That's a, That's what that was? Yeah. <laughs> I thought, he, wait, okay, uh, honest to God, I thought he just had the number two written on it. <laughs> dude, you should have bought the high res version. I did get to the standard definition version. Should... It was a dollar cheaper on PlayStation. <laughs> but I really thought he just had the number two on it. And I... It was Holy definitely shit, a snake. Team... Okay. Yeah, talk about a low self-esteem tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure you want the two? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. Am. Uh, Look, I could... I'm good. I'm not that good. <laughs> I can make a number one cost you the same thing. No, everybody <laughs> fucks with the number one. If you're the number really... two, people leave you alone. I'm the oh, vice man. duke, a number two of New York. I was struggling to figure out why he had the two on him, too. And I was like, oh, because they were saying the Duke is number one. And I was like, that doesn't yeah. make any sense. Like, 
everybody's looking out for number one. Number two, you can be a little more stealthy. It was like they're electing a vice president? Vice team? I don't know. Um, to answer the question. Yeah, what else do you want um, to see them escape from? Um, well, I, uh, my first thought is like just escape from my own apartment. Um, but it's like <laughs> you, you have to put on pants. Make a friend. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's. Come up with a thing uh, to do. I don't know. I got a TV here, so it's like oh. it's that's my own struggle. <laughs> I like uh, New Orleans. New Orleans looks great on film, oh, and yeah. it's swampy, so you could get stuck in your in your boots real easy. Yeah, yeah trying ex- to go to be hard. Except like, nobody wants to escape from New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, like, that's the well, thing. Right. Yeah. Oh, and fan boats. There could be fan boats. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Ooh. All right, I'm convinced. I like the idea of doing like escape from like a small town because uh, uh, having come from a small town, there's a lot of gravity to it. A lot of people have trouble escaping. You are like you yeah. leave and then get sucked back in. Yeah, mm-hmm. your dad wants you to take over. Exactly. The yeah, it's, mill yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. 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 Escape from a small town is a great idea, and John Cougar has already written all the music for it. Oh, that's mm, perfect. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Jake? Where do you want to escape from? Well, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm actually trying to pick movies, towns. I. I'm trying to take this more seriously. So I'm weird. Gonna, yeah, I know. It's not only weird, stupid. Yeah. Um, you can still pull out of it. <laughs> still time. Okay, we can't even escape from our own places. We're doing this on the internet from our own little houses. That's the. That's the sad thing about this. Show or the great thing, maybe even, it's easy to escape now. But maybe it would be nice for us to be together, and then we could go out to lunch after this, not to get yeah stories from Grandpa. Yeah, like, um, Grandpa let's thinks all fly we're going to LA lunch so after we can this. Go to lunch. No, we yeah. could fly to Portland. I'm not saying LA. Yeah, come to Brooklyn. I'll get you a sandwich. Well, yeah. and that's Grandpa thinks Brooklyn, the home of sandwiches. But I like. What about escape from Mexico? Mexico City seems like a kind oh, of a terrible I hard think, place. I, I agree. I think that's. I think that is the most accurate answer. For oh sure. man. Oh man. I I do like it going international for the the third one too. Yeah, and Antonio Banderas. <laughs> I'm just it writes saying. Itself. Yeah, El Mariachi himself. You know, he got the guitar case. He can it, come in. It. Uh, anytime you're going to another place, too, because you like, it'd be like, all right. So we know we turned New York into a prison, and then apparently, twelve years later, we were like, it worked great for New York. Let's do L.A. But what is the rest of the world doing? And Mexico City definitely makes sense. It would be hard to say, like, because no one's going to be like, I think maybe Paris should become a prison. Like, no one's going to do that. No, that's not going to happen. <laughs> so much history. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the main reason. Um, uh, all right, question number two. Uh, so we play this game a lot called How Would You Fail to Survive if you were placed in this movie? But this one's too easy because there's just, like, chuds that'll eat you. Um, so we're going to play How Would You ex- Unexpectedly Thrive in Prison New York City? So if one of if you got thrown into the supermax in this movie, how would you surprisingly do pretty well? Should I go? Anybody? Yeah, go. If you got an idea. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. going to give you a bit of advice. Don't take this too seriously. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this is my answer to everything. Hydroponic weed farm. Yeah, <laughs> hydroponics because it's perpetual night. Well, you got to do it. Well, I'd be on the roof. I'd get on the roof. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd be growing pot on the roof and then selling it out of the like you. I lower down a fish line and you put some food in a basket and I string it up and then I lower down a the the pot and then you put a hooker in there and then I reel her up. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got it completely worked out. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's like maybe like an elevator solves a lot of this problem too. Well, no, I'm trying to stay safe. That. The, the, oh, okay. Yeah. 
Right. Yeah. Maybe I, a dumb waiter. There's a big. There's a big market there because like you're dealing with a, a place with like not a lot of there's supply drops I guess like monthly food drops. Yeah. Didn't they say like towards the end of the month they get hungry or something? <laughs> yeah. 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 So there's monthly food drops and not oh, a lot else. So so you can take your real world skills and provided you can prove yourself useful, I think you have a future there in in the city. Like for instance, uh, VCR repair. You know, <laughs> would be great because you got all these VCRs and people want to watch their their stories. Right. But, uh, yeah. You know what? Or audio cassette. Audio cassette yeah. rewind. Specialist sure. or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or like iPhone screen repair? Yeah, There's a million of those. I like, think the key mm-hmm. is making yourself useful right away because otherwise the Duke might get rid of you. Yeah, yeah. well, like if, the brain is done, or like the guy, the you know, the blue collar version of the brains kind of is the guy who knows enough about auto repair to put the chandeliers on the front of a Cadillac. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, I was thinking, the like, pimp, how do you attach that? That's really the pimp my ride way, guy. The, the brain's yeah. useful not because he's super smart at stuff, but also because he drilled for oil underneath the New oh York my Public God. Library. He has a small oil derrick in that the New York Public Library. <laughs> Indoors. I love it. That was my, like, of all the production design of this movie, which is a lot of cool stuff, that was my favorite <laughs> thing. Because they don't talk about it. There's just an oil derrick in the background in his house. Well, he does yeah. say that he does provide gasoline. He makes the gas. That's yeah. right. So that's right. where it comes from. It comes from that oil well in the library. And then and he, he, may have just, so he, can he may have just tapped it. into some kind of gas line that was... It's just a Chevron. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, yeah. Built, he built an oil derrick above a Chevron. <laughs> I, the refining it does seem hard. I don't know what it takes to refine gasoline, but that's why I'm not the brain. Well, here's... I think what, now, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I I did hear this thing about the statistic about Manhattan and gasoline now that the real estate prices in Manhattan have gone so high that it doesn't make sense now if you've got enough land for a gas station to have a gas station. You can make more money any other way. Uh, right, opening all these other businesses. So now yeah. the cab drivers and the limo drivers, there's only one place to buy gas in Manhattan or two, and they got to go across the bridge to get gas to come back in. So, wow. Oh, I know of at least three gas stations in Manhattan. I mean, right, they're but, around, but they're few, just hard to get to. Few, all right, yeah. name those gas stations. <laughs> uh, I know of two in Hell's Kitchen. Tick, mm. tick, <laughs> yeah. And I think I've seen another one uptown, like uh, Upper East Side. All right, this is getting you're getting a little sketchier on this. There could be three in all Manhattan. Still, not I believe it. I believe. I, I'm just saying they're running out of gas stations in Manhattan. So if you had a place with an oil oil derrick in your basement in Manhattan now, you might be able to turn. But actually, you could make maker. it work. Yeah, I, possibly. I'd be worried about safety. Mm, yeah, I would. <laughs> just you. Yeah, well, else is yeah, I'm paranoid. <laughs> this is in our world, but in the maximum security prison world, safety is really a constant. <laughs> concern that you well I, I mean there's, Maybe. there's so many ideas that i have like just trying to make yourself useful in this world but definitely any sort of security force you could provide would be in high demand mm-hmm. yeah or just being like a safety officer <laughs> you know like be like I, I know cpr i have a helmet that in case we need to evacuate there's a red building. cross on the back so they know not to hit you with spiking b- baseball bats right i think realistically though i'd try to convince people i'm a tailor because it seems like they're very fashion forward. Oh yeah, there was prison, a lot of fashion so. happening there. Yeah, so I probably convinced them that I know how to sew, and then I just like learn on the job. And then I'm unclear about the number of prisoners because the, they said the crazies are in the subway tunnels, but there and then there seem to be a lot of real estate up top that you could just be in. Yeah, couldn't you just like I would think I would probably just run, find an office building, go to like a weird floor, find an office, lock myself in it, and die. <laughs> That's how I would survive. <laughs> <I'm not sure. laughs> 
I feel like your plan was going so well. <laughs> and then you forgot something and then died in the office. And now I feel like maybe don't do that. Well, once uh, it's a better way to die than the alternative. Oh, wait, I have an idea. Baseball bat salesman. Oh, high smart. demand. Because you know, Broadway, you just drive down and they just all hit your car with baseball bats for no reason. Yeah. yeah. I don't I didn't, I didn't get the or, Broadway uh, gauntlet, but uh, yeah, that was a little weird. Well, Those it was just explained actors. as a thing that they knew about. Like, oh, you're not going to take Broadway, are you? And he goes, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to take it. Right, and then they do, and it's fine, except for all the hitting with baseball bats. And I, this is what I'm saying. I just want one of the things to be explained. Well, and then the demo derby trick of when you come to the big three-car high yeah, wall, you got to turn around and back your way through it, because the engine in those cars is in the front. So if you go head-on into that thing, you're going to trash your engine. You can't go anymore so you go yeah, back if you, if you mess it. up the back of the station wagon everybody's fine yeah well I... as long as there's no kids in there you're, you're stuck. <laughs> yeah you just back kids first into that pile <laughs> i do wonder if this in new york like this is you give it up to the prisoners it all sort of falls apart uh or it's falling apart so you give it over to the prisoners at some point maybe they just kind of organize into a city and then all of a sudden it's kind of nice and they're like no you can't come into our prison this is our city now and then everyone's like, the sequel is actually Escape into New York, where it's a pretty nice place. There's these great tailors, a baseball bat salesman, pot dealers from the roof. It's just like, well, in a, a, nice in a sense, I, I, in a sense, that is what happened to the Lower East Side, Alphabet City. You know, gay guys went in and uh, made it fun, made it into a cool neighborhood. Artists then came afterwards. And uh, before you knew it, it's a bunch of rich bankers and all the cool people have to leave. Yeah, I, I was gonna say that's the that's the story of Australia right there too. Right? Yeah, they turned into a pretty nice place. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, good point. You know, they, did it, they did it on a continent basis. <laughs> we were saying that it's crazy to build a whole city into a, a maximum security prison. It would, would have been a good time to mention Australia because we <laughs> didn't even think of that. Mm. I forgot about that. All right, that's pretty good. Uh, I think it was probably enough time for top five. So today was top two. That's the game of top, top, two. top two. Top two. Top two. If you have more questions or games for our next coming up to topics, go to facebook.com slash readweep or on Twitter at read underscore weep and suggest uh, some, some stuff for us to talk about. That is, uh, leaves us one more thing to do, our minor compliment. So everybody gets one more nice thing that you're going to say about Escape from New York. We're going to go in reverse order. So Steven, you're up first. Uh, you know what? I used my minor compliment earlier, so here's what I'm gonna say. Uh, Can't wait. I I think uh, uh, okay. My minor compliment is this: good escape pod design. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, uh, just I think he, he has everything he needs in that little egg. Um, my one <laughs> minor quibble is that they probably should have put in a window or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, but maybe, maybe a that, gun that, that in case you need to be ready for the criminals that catch you. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree, but but also I, I like that um, they are still putting the presidential seal on that escape pod. Uh, <laughs> even presumably, if he needed to escape, he'd be in danger and maybe not want to be identified immediately. But right. nope, they're just going with it. So well, but still, he also has you know his image to maintain. Yeah, I guess branding is my compliment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I does the, the the real Air Force One doesn't have an escape pod, does it? I'd like to know that. Interesting question. That's a super. Um, I looked it up, and I I think the answer is no. Oh. Well, not, not here's the thing. It. So uh-huh. here's what I heard. Uh, you remember Air Force One, the movie with Harrison Ford? Uh, How can duh, I forget? I think about it every day. <laughs> okay, so that also has Air Force One with an escape pod. And apparently the uh. creators of that movie got some serious calls from the Secret Service being like, so how'd you come up with that idea about the escape pod, buddy? 
Interesting. Like, uh, knock, knock. It's, it's in every sci-fi movie ever made. I mean, Star right, Wars. Right, right, right. But there's the a... fact that... I mean, the fact that Air Force One has this uh, and it's kind of built into the oh, tail man. section and all that. Uh, apparently, the, the Secret Service wasn't willing to say, yeah, that's pretty much what we have, but it sounds like that's pretty much what they have. Okay, so there's two immediate articles when you Google this that are just so worthwhile. One is an, uh, uh, an article about the upcoming uh, rebuilt Air Force One, and the article says, one thing that will not have is an escape pod like the one featured in Air Force One starring Harrison Ford. It's just not feasible. So that's yeah. a bummer. But then another thing is that uh, if the Wikipedia page for escape pods has a real-life section and then a fiction section, and in the fiction section it says Air Force One is shown as having a, being equipped with a one-person escape pod for emergency used by the president in at least four films. Escape from mm. New York, Air Force One, Bermuda Tentacles, and Big Game. <laughs> now I'm clicking on Bermuda Tentacles. This is how your day disappears, you guys. Yeah. You don't have a job? It's this over. Is just, it's, I'm done now. Um Anyway, so it's like we've agreed, (laughs) everyone except the people building the Air Force One have agreed that this is what's going to happen. Well, what about the idea of instead of an escape pod, a safe room? Like the president just gets in there and it's a can. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A survival flight recorder where they can't be destroyed. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He's just in a black box so it'll survive the crash. And they can't open it. And the Navy SEALs get there before the idiots can open the box. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, too, because it did sort of look like the pod was made out of wood. (laughs) (laughs) I like that he's got a safe room that's got, like, just enough food for a couple of days, a couple magazines, and a reading light, and then just, like, wait for the seals. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not current magazines, because they've been in there for a while. Well, they 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 probably re like it's somebody's job to change out the magazines in the escape pod. That's a good idea. You and then the president, but that person never does it because they never have to use it. Like, yeah, escape of course, pod. never use it. So he's like sitting in the escape in his black box waiting for the seals, and he's like, "Oh, Brad Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, what a neat idea." Yeah. That's uh. the first thing that happens when the president's rescued from the escape pod is they fire the guy who's in charge of changing the magazines. Yeah. <laughs> I love it, Chris. Minor compliment. Yeah, uh, so this was a really interesting premise, uh, you know, just given, like, kind of the times and all that. Um, But my comment is that this really reminded me of something that came a little later um, that I read earlier called... uh, It's a comic book called DMZ. And if you guys like comics, uh, this is one of the ones to definitely check out. The premise is there's a big civil war in America, and due to reasons... The battle line is drawn basically at Manhattan, and Manhattan becomes a demilitarized zone where everybody living there is just kind of stuck. So it's not that they're all prisoners, Mm. but the law has sort of gone away. So the different neighborhoods have their own different cultures and this whole deal, and this one journalist is coming through and and checking it out. Super great comic and and a really interesting take on Manhattan as its own cultural island. Interesting. I was going to actually do a compliment that was not exactly about the movie as well, in that uh, Escape from New York is also the name of my favorite pizza place here in Portland. (laughs) But that feels like cheating. So my minor compliment (laughs) is uh, that uh, there's a lot of needlessly badass things in the movie that I enjoyed, but my favorite one by far is when Kurt Russell machine guns in a circle on a concrete wall and then Kool-Aid mans himself through it. How did we not talk about this till now? Isn't that amazing? Uh, I love it. Just shooting a, a making a door from bullets is so fun. Totally. Even if that wall was clearly styrofoam. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's part of when they were like, look, we're going to turn Manhattan into a maximum security prison. We're a little worried that they'll hurt themselves. So we'll replace everything with foam buildings. Although come to think of it, my drywall is pretty fragile. I bet I bet I could jump through it if I needed to. I uh, Yeah, I think well, you if could. you shoot it enough. Yeah, <laughs> it's the key. You got to shoot the circle first. 
Build your own escape pod with bullets. <laughs> All right, that leaves you, Jake. Your minor compliment. Last nice thing you're going to say about Escape from New York for us. Well, okay. Well, I feel like this was a, this was a precursor to some other movies and the cool comic book and uh, the UFC and also <laughs> um, and and also kind of it was surprising to me. I had forgotten that Kurt Russell was this special forces guy. You know, so that was oh, a yeah. thing. That's a thing that now there's all kinds of movies about. Do you need to take this? No, sorry. That's <laughs> my wife has got a play date for our kid, and there's somebody banging on the gate to get into our yard, and I'm texting my wife while you guys were talking about your minor compliment to get her to go answer the door. <laughs> <sighs> you could just tell us to take a break. You can. We we'll just cut this and go I back. I forgot for a minute that we were editing. this. We're not can, live. This I, is not. I can. I can stall for a second. Okay, would you I stall want... for a second? I'll yeah, we right can. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna do something unprecedented, and I'm gonna have two minor compliments. Oh, you're gonna go again while yeah. Jake is helping his kids. Uh, yeah, my minor compliment is for the movie Stargate, <laughs> <laughs> uh, just because Kurt Russell is also in that, and uh, that's a real good movie. Um, you know, uh, I'm gonna build on that too. Minor compliment, Captain Ron, super good. He really teaches Martin Short and his family how to live. Uh, good, finally. I am back. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add a minor compliment for Bermuda Tentacles, which is a <laughs> sci-fi show from 2014 about Air Force One going down in the Bermuda Triangle, and a rescue effort by the U.S. Navy awakens an ancient sea monster. Okay. <gasps> I mean, wow. When you were describing that, I was like, okay, but what about the tentacles, though? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, turns out they're Cthulhu's we, <laughs> We're definitely covering Bermuda pretty well in the summary, but I'm missing some tentacles. <laughs> Uh, man, I can't wait to watch this movie. Downloading. Um, all right, Jake, you're, you're back. What's your minor compliment? My, my, my minor compliment was just about how the special forces guy who I really feel like seemed to me was more of a modern thing. Like we're obsessed with Navy SEALs. There's, they're on, you know, how many podcasts? Oh, this guy's a former Navy SEAL and he's going to tell us about this or that or special <laughs> miss, missions that they're doing. We just right. love these guys. Navy cooking SEALs with SEALs, that guy. great cooking show. So this was this was in 1981. <laughs> Kurt Russell's thing is he's a Navy SEAL. Yeah, cooking with Before SEALs was is cool. that. There's two versions of that. There's yeah. one where it's the Navy SEALs do the cooking, and the and the other one where we yeah. actually it's recipes it's, that involve SEALs. Yeah. It's all and actually, Newfoundland recipes. And then there's yeah. the then there's the cannibal one where, <laughs> right? It's, yeah, it's the it's, it was a it was a mashup of the two shows where they're cooking the actual Navy and SEALs. There's also the one where you uh, cook only using like. Um, uh, like O-rings and, and wax. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I, I, and that's I saw a special cookers? episode of that. That's, a, that's the... an episode of my strange addiction. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. Strangely, starring the singer St- Seal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That was low-hanging fruit, and I just totally didn't see it. I'm really proud of you. Because you're tall, so you don't look all the way down to the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, yeah that's right. Low-hanging fruit is very hard to get to. It's, you have to bend over. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, that's counterintuitive. All right, you guys, that is it for our, our show. We'll be back again next week with another great Versus the World episode. Uh, if you want uh, to go to read-weep.com slash meetbuddies right now, you can support the show. Or review us on iTunes. Thanks for being here at C. Walter Smith. Uh huh. And at Carter Street 42. Uh huh. Thanks for jumping in. It was really great. You're a great host, Steve. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. And uh, Jake Johansson at jakethis.com. And you can find all of his different social media outlets and his podcast. 
all at jakethis.com. Tell us about your podcast, Jake. Well, it's me talking to people who I can convince to come over to my house. And um, do you get lunch afterwards, Grandpa? We do often go to lunch afterwards. I, I put that in as an incentive. And also because I like hanging out with other people. So it's not just about recording it and putting it on the internet. It's also about having a conversation. Really, we're more, we're more uh, audience focused. We try to make a good product. It's not just for us. Yeah, our guests hate us. Is that weird? Yeah. Uh, well, I don't feel like... Well, you were on my pod- pod- podcast, Alex. I feel it was great. Like, no I feel lunch. Like was I just product. want to point that out. Zero lunch. But that was because you didn't come to my house. No, I came to your friend's house. Yeah, we were in Portland. Um, it's just... Uh, the podcast is just called Jake This. It's the it's called, technically the full name is Jake This of Jake Johansson podcast, but <laughs> you can just type in Jake This and it'll come up. Yeah, you'll cool. find but it. Can I, can I ask a question? Because I, uh, I have a longer commute than I used to have, so I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, but one of my problems with podcasts is just like, I don't know where to dive in like do you have like a good episode that people should like start with or something i would recommend episode 156 santa spoilers with alex falcone that is a good episode if people listening to this want to hear me talk to someone who i'm talking to on this then that's a good one there's there's a couple of good episodes uh that i would recommend in that line but i feel like the best one i've done two episodes with this comedian from uh she lives in indianapolis now called ms pat and ms pat she was on the last comic right uh, I don't know if she was, but uh, she's really funny, and she tells her life story, which is pretty amazing. And that's, uh, I can't remember the n- episode number, but if you search Jake this, Ms. Pat, there's two episodes. The earliest one is the one I'm talking about. She was definitely on Last Comic last uh, 2015. So last year, yeah. She was great. She's great. Ms. Pat's great. Um, cool. Great. Well, thanks for the suggestions. Everybody dive into that. And uh, thanks for being here, Jake. Yeah, Groovy, thanks for having me. It was, you were great. Yeah. It was so fun. All right, we'll talk to everybody, yeah, everybody next week. Bye.